back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho. Hey, what do you think of this funky new uh, intro beat we've got going here? You can tell I've been having some fun with GarageBand. And uh, bonus points if you can determine all of the fun uh, little sound effects and things I sprinkled throughout it. It's, it was it was a fun project to work on. Before we dive into the intro for this week's fantastic guest, um, I just want to let you know if you ever have feedback about the show or want to reach out and talk about whatever's on your mind or maybe your creative passion or um, your unique story, you can always find me on Twitter at Basic Brainheart or on Instagram, which is where I like to share a lot of my creative endeavors, um, which is at Hannah underscore Camacho. Um, and also I have to share with you that a couple weeks ago I had shingles and was kind of holed up in my room uh, trying to keep my children from coming down with chicken pox as a result. And um, in some of the downtime I started a new Instagram account as just an experiment. I wanted to create some funny little web comics of things I thought were funny. Um, I didn't know if anybody else would think they were funny. Um, and that uh, handle is at bad pencils and that's pencils with a z on the end and oddly enough um i've gotten quite a bit of love not not necessarily from instagram but i've shared a few of them on reddit and um really have gotten a great response and so if you are into web comics uh, feel free to check that account out i'm always open to feedback or fun or just whatever you have in mind this week's guest is the lovely Leela Martinez. Leela is currently a storyboard artist for Fox Animation Studios, and we kind of got connected through the last guest, Allison Mann. Leela had tuned in for that episode, and we kind of started a dialogue afterwards. And I love Leela's story. You'll get to hear it in detail, but she knew what she wanted to do from a young age, but faced so many obstacles in order to get there. Um, she, first of all, lived in a foreign country, and most folks know that if you want to really get involved in the entertainment industry, there are a limited number of cities you should probably move to. So not only did she face um, schooling uh, challenges because she didn't necessarily come from a well-to-do family, uh, she needed training, she needed experience, um, she needed to break into the industry, which is difficult enough even for U.S. residents. Um, so she found a way always to get around each of these obstacles, and sometimes it took longer than maybe she would have liked, but she really stuck with it and is a constant learner and is always picking up new things and hungry hungry to learn and reading materials and and developing herself and I, I have so much respect for that kind of work ethic and stamina and uh, she's going places so I hope you enjoy hearing her story today and it was just a really fun conversation and um, she just had so many great tips to share so if you're an aspiring creative certainly get your notebook out and uh, don't forget to look in the show notes I have shared up some links to her work so you can browse that while you uh, enjoy the episode so without further ado here is my interview with Leela Martinez Leela, I am really excited to have you on today. I've been looking for a storyboard artist for a while now, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we finally get our first run. <laughs> well, I, I guess it's because we're very VC people. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I'm so thankful that uh, we kind of got connected through the last uh, guest, Allison Mann. And I'm really, I'm really excited, especially to hear your story today, because... 
you've overcome more than your average amount of hurdles uh, to get into the industry and, and pursue what you're really passionate about. So thank you for taking the time to kind of discuss your journey and your story. Oh, thank you. No, it's a pleasure for me. Absolutely. So before we jump into your past, as I usually ask, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on today and what you're up to? Uh, yeah, I, I work for Fox Television Animation. Uh, currently, I'm working for the Seth MacFarlane show American Dad. Uh, that is, um, it gets released every Monday on TVS Network. Very cool. And how long have you been with Fox Animation? Uh, well, previously I was on The Simpsons, so okay. um, that's that's also Fox Television Animation. So it's uh, two and a half years now. Very cool. That's mm -hmm. exciting. Um, so <clears throat> let's let's rewind the clock. So you certainly um, you've been living in the U.S. I believe you said about four years. Yes. Um, and I'd love to learn a little bit of a little bit more about little baby Lila and uh, kind of your early life and how you started to recognize. Uh, what you wanted to do in terms of your career and, and just kind of where that took you and how you've overcome the various hurdles that you've faced. Just I op I'm opening the floor. Take us through that journey. Okay. Well, uh, I'm born and raised in Mexico City uh, on a middle class family. And um, I always, uh, I guess like any kid, you always like to draw and, and do things until you lose it. Uh, there's sort of say that everybody's born an artist, but you lose it in the some way in the on the way uh but it was i remember i was i guess around nine well i was seven and i started to see that i had a that i started really liking drawing and i started drawing more and more and um i loved animation features as any kid i guess and i watched them multiple times but it was when i was I guess I was nine or ten. I was with my siblings, and uh, it was a Sunday morning, and they were playing on TV this TV special about uh, Tex Avery and how um, his methods of animation and his storytelling type that it was very different from Disney and, and stuff. And uh, they were showing about how animation is created and uh, and they were showing this scene of about a lizard. They were explaining that lizards, just like snakes, they change their skin when they start growing. So they made a joke out of it. They made a lizard taking making a striptease, taking off her skin and they recorded um, um, an actress with a very long dress with a long tail pretending that she was making a striptease so the artist could um, study the, the movement and, and portray it on the animation. So my sister, we were, she was doing her own stuff but she got caught on that and she said, oh my God, uh, animation is really an art form and that just stayed with me. Since that day, that just stayed with me. And when I was 12, I was in a bookstore with my mother and I found a huge book, uh, like encyclopedia size book of the art of, well, the art of Disney animation. And, uh, and I bought it. And I start reading it, and uh, and it explained about you know the cavemen, how they try to portray movement, and about uh, 
uh, the nine old men and how they were uh, traditionally trained and the Renaissance and Da Vinci and Michelangelo. So I saw how deep uh, this art form is, that it's not just cartoons, but it's, for me, it's pure art. So I just, I really wanted that. But uh, I mean, from Mexico City, where do you start? So I, I loved animation, but I knew I wanted to draw uh, uh, for a living and everybody told me, oh, you should go to graphic design. And I was like, I don't want to do graphic design. That's, that's printing. Um, and when I was in uh, high school, I was 16, there was uh, one of my assignments from school was to go to a university's fair that was being held on. Uh, in Mexico, we have like um, different types of school, like the American school and the Japanese school and the French school that is run by, you know, by just Americans or just French people and stuff. So uh, there was uh, the American Institute. I, I don't know the, the right name, but it's the American school. Um, they were um, the location where this fair was taking uh, place. So half of the fair was... Um, Mexican universities and the other half were North Americans, uh, US and Canada uh, universities and private schools. So I went to the North American area and I approached the Art Institute and I said, hey, uh, do you have anything related to animation? And they told me, oh yeah, we have the career. So I didn't even know that you could study just animation. So uh, Savannah College of Art and Design went um, uh, Sheridan was there. A lot of uh, big name uh, schools were there. So I started researching and then I saw the prices and it was it was impossible for me to pay for that or for my parents to pay that, especially because um, Mexico, uh, the Mexican peso versus the dollar it's it's very low, so it's even more expensive for us. So there was no way. And also, you need to pay rent and you need to pay food. It's not just a tradition and you need to pay, uh, you know, pencils and paper, whatever. So, yeah, there was... Uh, we didn't even have a family discussion about it. Like, my parents just ignore, ignore it like I, I ever wanted it because they didn't want it to say no. But, um, but yeah, there was no way. So... Um, I went to graphic design, which was the closest thing or the only thing I could kind of uh, study. And uh, But I still, I tried to take, there are some courses here and there about animation. So I, I took uh, some of them and I tried to learn by myself. I purchased, you know, the survival kit and um, the, the illusion of life and everything. And um, But it's really hard for to learn by your, by your own, especially animation. It's, it's such a complex uh, art. So um, I, I always, I thought like my destiny was going to be a fan forever and never being able to work on the industry. But it was, um, you never know. If you really want to pursue something, you'll find a way because your brain is always looking for a ways to achieve it. 
So it was in, uh, I was, as, as I said, I was studying graphic design and we have photography class. And there was this girl that uh, she was saying that she was a model and that she uh, earned so and so money. And I, and I looked at her and I was like, well, you look really, I mean, from my point of view, you look really standard. You're not like that, that pretty or that tall or because for me, a model is just eight, eight feet tall and, and supermodels and catwalks, you know, and uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not that profile whatsoever. But when I saw her, I was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And uh, for me, for me, it was, that's my way in. That's how I can get the money. Because what was really blocking me was the money. Because now I knew what uh, what schools were out there, but, uh, but the money, it was impossible to pay. So... Uh, I started from scratch on on the modeling. I I told my teacher of photography to take the pictures for me so I can uh, go to the agencies and and present myself. I was completely a fish out out of the water. I never considered this as as a career, but I did it. Honestly, I did it for the money to be able to pay my education. So I did that on the last two years of college and one more year after I graduated and um, and also it was in college, a guy told me about Vancouver Film School uh, that is a one year intensive. So when he said that, I was like, oh, okay, um, uh, I can do that. One year, it's, it's easier to pay one year. I called the school, I called the school and they told me, oh yeah, this was before I decided to become a model. I called the school and they told me, you know, we don't um, give scholarships here. So I recommend you to try to find like a a government support or or, or a loan in your own country because this is a private school and we don't do scholarships. So uh, in Mexico, we don't have student loans. And um, a teacher of mine, he went to Poland to get his master's. So I I asked how he did it. I went to that institution uh, from the government. I didn't get the scholarship to go to Canada. So it was later when I found out like, okay, now now I can find, now I can get the money to pay for it. Um, Because also all my life, I thought uh, you grew up and and you hear about scholarships. And I I thought, okay, if if I'm good at school, if I'm a an A, A-plus type of student, somebody will give me a scholarship, right? And that's not the case either. <laughs> so that didn't work. And um, so, uh, yeah, I finally got the money. And also Vancouver Film School, you have to pay enough. Well, now they have different uh ways of payments but back then you have to pay in advance so I finished paying everything and that year they gave scholarships after I finished paying everything because it was uh, the 20th anniversary or something I was like are you are you serious but um but at the end it was a good way because I I'm a, well I'm not a shy that I'm not as shy as I used to be, but uh, I was very extremely shy person, and and being a model helped me to to open up in in the castings, in the interviews, to look for the camera, to to talk with people, and and to deal with a a, a lot of different people. So at the end, it, it did help me. And uh, so I went to Vancouver Film School. It's a very intensive program. I took uh, classic animation there. 
And uh, and before I went, my father just gave me this talk of you're just wasting your money and to the animation is over and now everything is computers, but you know, it's your money. So do whatever you want. And uh, uh, yeah, I was not, um, I mean, I, I love my parents, don't get me wrong, but it it was not the type of parent like, oh, you want art? Okay, so let's find, let's find a way. Um, he would have been happy if I chose to be a doctor or an engineer or something, you know, the, the kind the quote unquote stable type of job instead of an artist. Uh, but it's just who you are. Yeah. Uh, when you're an artist, I, I mean, when I tried not to be an artist, honestly, I was miserable and I was mm. grumpy and, and <laughs> I, I rather, be saving is there, um, is there a term for that that professional artists use <laughs> that se- that sense of like you just you have to be creating something is yeah they it should right it, uh, I, I, yeah i wish <laughs> yeah we can so name you, it eventually it, i feel like it, it's just like coming out of the closet as an artist like okay yeah i'm, I'm an artist <laughs> okay and i can change it and you can change me and this is who i am so you have to love me as Absolutely. i am um so um yeah so i i i was very happy i when i um flew to Canada and I was living there. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, I really, I really did it. I, I really uh, was able to afford this. But then when I graduated, um, it was when the industry collapsed. It was 2008. And um, and even my, my own teachers got laid off because the, the sh- their shows got canceled. And uh, when we visited the, the studios in Canada with the school, like half the studio was empty. And... Uh, and uh yeah that it, had to have was been terrifying because you're like well maybe my dad was right <laughs> well yeah i mean i didn't plan that much ahead at least like it was one step at, at a time in like let's t- let's try to study it first that was already unreachable for me just to get the tw- the the to pay the tuition and get the uh the knowledge uh so and as a foreigner, it's even harder to, to get a, a job in, in any other country. So I went back to Mexico and, and I was, um, so now what? I have all this knowledge and there is no industry here, but you find an industry wherever you are, there there must be something. And if there is not, you create it uh, yourself, either a, a small project or something. And uh, so I found a project with a stand-up comedian that he was animating his his jokes online. So I sent an email and uh, they hired me. And I was there for a year and a half making uh, flash animated jokes. And I had a very tight schedule of two weeks per joke. And I and I had to do everything, every single step. They will only give me the the voice recording, and I and I did everything: the the character design, the storyboard, the layout, the the animation. And uh, after Flash, I purchased. Uh, I remember what uh, the Cintiq dropped their prices from three thousand to two thousand. So I was like, oh, may- maybe I can afford that now. 
So um, I used my credit card and then paid it off. And uh, so I tried to find ways to, to speed up my process because I, I did everything myself. But the project reached the point that we start running out of material that was doable because some of the jokes started being 12 minutes, 18 minutes, and that's, that's impossible. So one of the partners talked to me and he told me, you know, uh, we love you. We love you uh, that you uh, work here for us, but I don't want you to get sick. Like if you continue doing this, because the last, I think the last three animations, I came to the office like with no sleep and no shower. And and uh, yeah, he said, you, darling, this is just too much. And, and they didn't really know how to make advertising or make money out of it it was it was just basically a commercial for for him to get more audience to his uh for his stand-up uh shows so uh so yeah and uh it was really hard for me like how i'm going to resign to something that i really like doing but uh yeah it was he was right honestly he was right so so i quit and something better came out of that because I was able to work on a 2D feature film in, in Mexico uh, done on paper. So that was exactly what I wanted, flipping the pages again. And uh, I have a lot of fun. It was uh, at the very end of the production, but it was a great experience. After that, another movie came along also on paper. Um, I work on that. And then... Um, I started freelancing and I found that freelancing, the harder you work, the more money you you get paid. And I, I like that. And uh, and then I opened my animation boutique um, with a partner and we did a, a lot of commercials, uh, a lot of storyboards for commercials and animation and uh, what they call tradigital and stuff. Um, but I reached a point that, uh, I was talking with my client. Uh, I had my phone on in one hand, my Cintiq pen on the other. I was staring at my Cintiq looking to this, uh, storyboard for, uh, it was a peanuts commercial. And I was like, I, I don't like this. I need to, I need to do something. Um, I, I can't do this anymore. Another, also another, Five years after I studied, uh, VFS gave scholarships again because it was now it was the 25th anniversary. So now they have an office in Mexico and I met the people and, and this woman told me, hey, I have a scholarships available for CG. Uh, are you interested? And, and then I remember my father, like everything, now everything is computers. And I was like, well, maybe I should maybe I should study CG, maybe he was right and that's the future. So I went back to school. I went back to Canada for six months and again it was not, the industry wasn't as healthy as it is today. Now they're hiring like crazy, but uh, but the industry is it's up and down, especially in Canada. So, um, so yeah, I couldn't stay there either. And, uh, and yeah, when I was doing that, uh, storyboard for that commercial, I was like, okay, I, I, I need to tell stories. That's really what I like to do. I, I want to create characters that feel alive. So, um, I, I animated a lot before I really focused on storyboarding. I, I used to do a lot of animation. Um, but then, I realized my strength is is really story. 
I, I can find the holes in the story and not only that, but I try to find ways to, to fix it or how to link one thing to another. That That is my strength. So um, I came to every CTN since they started. And, uh, and I came, the very first one that I came, I came as a fan. I was so excited to meet all my heroes and that they were living creatures and so nervous to talk with them. But also it was one city in that I realized, okay, it's not that they are unreachable gods, it's that they have really worked a lot and they have practiced a lot. And because they have practiced a lot and learned a lot, that's why they have the skills they have. They were not born with that. They they work to get them. So when that hit my head, it was okay. If they just like with the model, if they can do it, I can do it. I just need to focus and really work very hard to to reach that level. And uh, I took this online class on, on at school is on, on storyboarding with Chris Pern. It, it was a really good class, and I focus all my portfolio just in storyboarding. And, and I was decided to show that at the CTN. And when that happened, uh, honestly, the quality was not there. And uh, I met San- Sandy Ravens. She was a producer on Shrek. And she looked to my portfolio and she told me, this is to TV. And I was like, what do you mean to TV? Like, it's a storyboard. Like, a storyboard is a storyboard. And uh, I, didn't under- I, I didn't understand what, what she meant. And uh, so I kept talking with people and there was one guy that told me, you know, uh, TV, they wanted more clean and on model and with a, a, a sort of flatter type of camera in, in um, movies is more about the, the story and, and more a cinematic camera and, and keep it loose. So I listened to him and, uh, and I always try to get a test. And what I told Sandy is, let me do a test for you. Let me show you what I have. Absolutely. And, and would so, you mind walking me through what a test looks like for a storyboard artist? What does that mean? Well, the thing is, it depends. It's every time is different. Uh, honestly, I when I asked for the test, I didn't know what I was going to get. I thought they were going to send me a script. And I, because my strength really was, and I think it still is, if you give me something, I will plus it. Uh, now, now I can come with original ideas, but back then my strength was really plusing. Whatever you give me, I will plus it. So I wanted a script. And when they gave me the test, it was a log line. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, uh, but I, I found a way to tell, and it was honestly, the test was, uh, a character has to deliver a package and it runs into obstacles. That that was my test. So, yeah, so, okay, so what do you tell from that? So what I did is to make it entertaining, I decided to make it uh, a comedy, uh, an action comedy and a parody. So it, it was uh, like a 007 mission uh, very cartoony and, and with a lot of comedy and very, very, you know, Warner Brothers, Tex Avery type of humor. So because of that test, I, I got the job. So um, also another thing I, I want to say is you have to invest in yourself. 
the money that I have, I, I'm constantly buying books or taking courses or going to lectures, uh, go to the networking events, take the panels. You, you have to constantly be learning. And uh, recently I took a a class with Carl Gunness on storyboarding. He's an amazing artist. And he asked me, I was on The Simpsons back then, and he told me, well, you're already working. What do you want to get out of this class? And I told him, as long as I get one good tip out of it is is enough. So there's always something to learn. Uh, yeah, you you can't know it all. And, and, as, <laughs> oh, and, as, <laughs> and as we were mentioning before, uh, the more you learn, the more that you can add to your story. If you learn choreography, you can use that if you get a musical number. If you take improv classes, if you take stand-up classes, you can use that as well. Uh, acting, you can use it. Uh, anything. I mean, even, uh, you know, George Lucas, he he was into uh, anthropology and he incorporated all that in, into, into Star Wars. So... Everything that you learn will uh, will serve you at some point. Uh, you can use it later on. So, um, so I did the test, and um, uh, also uh, when when Sandy gave me her email, I wrote it wrong. I I misspelled her last name. Oh no! So the email bounced back, and I was like, "Well, there, there go, there's go my chance, right?" Oh no! Uh, but then I. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. I Googled her. I found her right name. I sent her an email. I didn't heard back from her. Then I found her on LinkedIn. I messaged her again. And I guess until she got tired of me and I said, okay, here's <laughs> here's the test and let me be. Um, that's when I got it. And uh, so when I delivered the test, um, also it came, it always comes in the worst moment. I was on a trip. And, and I was like, well, I... What am I going to do? So I took I took my computer and my Cintiq, but at the end I told her, you know, I'm really on a trip. Do you mind if I deliver it later? And she said, oh, yeah, just deliver it by this date and make sure you don't do more than, I don't know, 40 hours, 50 hours on it. And uh, so that was perfect. And uh, when, I, when I delivered it, um, she contacted me back and she said, hey, uh, I would like you to pitch... Um, your test. Are you still in LA? If you're not, uh, we can do a, a Skype call. And for me, it was very important to have a face-to-face -face meeting. So I told her, I'm not in LA, but I'll take the plane and I'll be there. When do you need me there? So um, yes, yeah, so she invited me to her home and she introduced me to Penny Fickleman, her partner, the other producer and the director. And, uh, and I pitched to the three of them. And, um, and I remember uh, they asked me, so do you have any questions? And I was like, well, inside I was like, am I hired? <laughs> like, <are you> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but I said, well, if, if you hire me, when, um, when will they start? And they, they were still figuring out. So they told me maybe in, in two months or so. And I step out of their home and uh, while I was walking back to my friend's car, I was just thinking, did this just happen? Did I just have this meeting with these people? And there was nothing written in stone, like anything can, any deal can, can fall down. 
but uh, I was like, okay, this is really going to happen, and I'm getting this job, and I I, I try to stay positive that this is this is going to happen. And yeah, a few weeks later, I got the email from them, like, what what do we need to do to get you here? And I already knew exactly what I needed to do uh, with with immigration. So I told them, I just I just need a letter from you and I'll take care of the rest. Like I know exactly what to do and, and don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So also, if you want to... If you want to work in LA or Europe or Canada, um, find out what you need. And all the information is out there. And if you don't find it, hire a professional, hire an immigration lawyer, find find your way. Hmm. Um, A lot of people told me it was was impossible to come here. Even even my, my Canadian teachers, uh, they they said that it was impossible to work in LA. Hmm. And it's not impossible. It is hard. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that it's easy. It's really, really hard. But if you really want it, uh, you'll find a way. You have to fight for it, and you you have to find a way. I wish I was born in a family that had more money. That I was born in California, and that I started studying animation at 18 years old in CalArts. That would have been awesome, but that wasn't my path. My path was different, and um, but I think that helped me to be a more mature artist and a more mature employee. Because even running my own um, my animation boutique, it helps me understand production. It helps me understand what production people have to deal with, which is not easy either. Uh, the production manager, they have to respond to the producer, the producer to the showrunner, the showrunner to the network. There is, this is a teamwork. It's not a one-man uh, band. It's not, it's, not like paint, it's not like making an oil painting that you, you make all the decisions. Sometimes um, you have to let go your idea to take somebody else's and uh, and make it work. So um, yeah, it really helped me understand. And 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 yeah, especially in this type of business, you have to be a team player. Yeah. If you're not, you're really going to suffer, and probably you you're going to get fired at some point if you're hard to work with. <laughs> Indeed. No, no, that's brilliant. I love all the all of the really actionable sort of tips that you're sharing, and and your story is just so interesting. And I. I think that the message that if you want it bad enough, you will find a way to make it work is so important. I, I've, I just talked to so many people who they're somehow just waiting for opportunities to fall into their lap and they're not pounding exactly. the pavement. And that's, I think that's the differentiator between folks that, you know, nothing great ever happens to them versus someone who works and works and works to make something happen like yourself. It's really, really inspiring. And I can imagine that your journey uh, has set you up to pitch some interesting ideas because you've lived an interesting life. And um, I'm sure that will do nothing but set you up for success in the future. I have a kind of a, a bit of a random question. Is a storyboard artist someone who often works, uh, do you work by yourself often? I'm sure that you have a strong relationship with the writers and or directors, but how, what does that process look like once you're given an idea? How do you develop that by yourself or with a team? Well, again, it depends on the production that you're working. 
um, even if you're working in even one studio, uh, two different movies can run very different or two different shows can run very different. Like uh, Nickelodeon shows, they, they're so different from each other. And if you talk with each artist, their their pipeline is different and the way they approach the board is different. Uh, is basically, I mean, my advice is uh, learn what your team needs learn what your director your supervising director the project itself needs and and make it work um when i was uh, in dr goose in the movie um as a story artist in in movies you are more hands-on in the story you can uh, pitch an idea to the director if the director is open to it there are directors that are open to to your ideas there are ones that they have a very clear what they want and and you have to just aim for that and and not move a lot of stuff um script driven shows uh most of the time it's the writers are the ones that take care of the story and they just want you to translate it as a visual media not to not to change any dialogue or to change any anything of the story because that's their job and because their union protects them and stuff like that um so it depends on the show there are shows that are uh um, board driven so they get a log line and the storyboard artist will create the whole story based just like my test uh, like the character this is the main idea of the show now you go and do it and you go and, and do the dialogue and maybe the writer will polish the dialogue later on that's more work I like it more <laughs> because that's my strength uh, for me it's a lot of fun uh, but a lot of people complain that it's a lot of work uh, so uh, yeah, each each area is different. Um, I like the production that I'm closer to the writers and closer to the directors and that I have a more of a voice and that I know that I can um, try to improve um, the movie or the show than just than just following instructions and just you know filling the blank. Um, but um, yeah, every I can't. There, there is no one answer to that question. Yeah. Um, it will depend. It will depend on on the people that you work for. Totally. No, that makes perfect sense. And you mentioned when you kind of first broke into the industry, of course, needing to pitch your storyboard. Do you have to pitch it almost every time you create a new one or a new iteration of it? Do you sort of have to try to sell the idea to the team? Um, is that a pretty common occurrence? Um, again, it, it depends where you work on. Uh, when, when I was on the movie, uh, yeah, I had to pitch it. Uh, every, every scene that I, that I work, I will pitch it to the director and the producers. And, uh, and if you can do voices, that helps a lot so to give it uh, a little bit of personality to each character. Uh, I work with an amazing board artist called Mark Walton. And he, I mean, he, he did the voice of of uh, of the hamster in bolt so he's great in in voices so anything even if even if he has i mean not the, even if the board is not that great he will make it great just with his voice um so yeah even that 
can help. But uh, in TV, it's more you already have, or at least the production side I work, you will have the a scratch audio from the actors. So you don't really need to pitch. Uh, the board is enough. And it's, um, yeah. That so, yeah. What do you, when most people think of a storyboard artist, they just think of, you know, really loosely drawn thumbnails. What is something that maybe you wish most people knew about storyboard artists that not many people uh, would know or think of? That we're not crappy artists. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that we cannot draw. It's that we draw <laughs> a lot. That you have to do 500 drawings in two weeks. So they can't be polished. (laughs) They just can't. So, and storyboarding is, for me, what what really storyboarding is about is, is about the story and about the idea. You're still trying to find a way to tell the story. And most of the time it won't work and that scene is going to get caught. And that character will be, okay, we have too many characters. Let's take out one and let's merge these two characters into one because they're pretty much the same one. And you have to redo everything. So most of the things that you do are going to end up in the trash. So there is no point. You're not going to frame a storyboard panel. Well, some some are beautiful, maybe some of them. But uh, yeah, uh, what a lot of people think, and also I met a lot of people is, oh, I'm going to go to do storyboarding because you don't need to draw that well. Oh, no. no. No, that's really, really wrong. You need to know your anatomy. You need to know your camera, your perspective. Because if you don't, it's it's like the... I've seen boards that the perspective is so wonky. And it's like, okay, so the camera, is, is it pointing up? Is it pointing down? It has to be clear because the board is going to go to the different departments. It's going to go to layout and the layout artists, they need to know how the camera is placed. And the animators, they need to know like if the proportions are all wrong or how, how is this char- character moving? So the, the better you do your work, it's going to be clearer for the next departments. But yeah, a lot of people misunderstand that. Oh yeah, board artists, they, they are lazy drawers and no and as a board artist you're you're a storyboard artist so it's about the story it's about the character it's about the camera the acting you're like the the first the first director on that scene yeah and then the director will uh a good director will tell you what he or she wants. Like, I, I picture this sequence, like this and that and that. Now you go and do your magic and then you come back and then he will like and, or she will like uh, some stuff or, or they will add other and then you have to go back and, and take their notes. And it's a lot of back and forth. But you are the ones that have the blank page. You have to start from there. And you have to be fast and you have to be efficient. You have to be able to measure your your time properly especially in tv because a movie they can they can move the release date uh sometimes if the studio has the money and the budget but uh but tv you have a release date and um it's very important (laughs) exactly it's very important to to meet your deadlines i can only imagine that's really fascinating speaking of 
you know, framing and perspective and setting up a shot. Did those things, um, some people just kind of have a, a good vision in terms of understanding those things somewhat intuitively. Did those come easily to you or did you have to study those a lot in order to feel like you really were getting it right? The thing is, we we watch so many movies. Well, I, I'm a cinephile. Like, I love watching movies. So some information, it's it's uh, in your subconscious already, but you really need to study. It's very different to watch a film just as a regular audience and study it. Like um, with The Shape of Water, I watched that film three times. Absolutely and, uh, stunning film. Oh. Yeah, every detail is it's 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 just perfect and yes. uh, I was lucky enough to go to panels where Del Toro will talk about the the film and I was lucky enough to ask him a question and I told him listen uh in this scene where where they are at the cafe I listened to the waitress uh I, I listened to the gossip on, on the background and I asked him was that on the script or was that something like the sound department, the sound design took care of. And, and he told me, no, that, that's on the script. So every every detail, and he he suggested me, you know, uh, buy the art of, well, he didn't tell me, not, not necessarily buy it. <laughs> but on the book, The Art of the Shape of Water, you will find all mm-hmm. this um, all this explained. And, and if you listen to his um his other films where he talks about the, you know, the director's commentary, you learn a lot. You learn a lot, especially for from him, because every detail is taken care of. And a good movie is that it, it's things that you don't catch, especially as a regular audience, but but you will feel it. And uh, and as a board artist, you have to understand what's the main point of the scene. Uh, who's who's in charge of the scene? Is this character A or character B? Because if uh, the other person can't take over the attention of the audience, if it's is is this uh, a sad scene? Is this a happy scene? Uh, are we going to reveal a joke? So it's more about storytelling and filmmaking that it's, well, drawing is also important, but you have to study a lot of film. And the best way is to study good directors, um, try to find like a, a movie, a moment that really captured you and go back to it and study it. How did they cut? Uh, how are the colors? How's the illumination? How's the acting? How's the pace of it? Um, and uh, if you have the time, thumbnail it. Uh, really, really fast sketches. So, but you that way you can understand what they did and your brain will create a library of it. And then when you have to approach the scene, it will come more natural. But you have to be constantly learning. And there is no wrong way on storyboarding. I, If you keep one scene to five different artists, each one of them will approach it differently. And they can all be right. Uh, but it's, it's, it's about the decisions you make. Um, but yeah, you have to, I'm constantly learning and there are great videos online uh, trying to um, break a, a sequence into into parts and explain to you why why they chose this over that. So yeah, it's, uh, again, also listen to podcasts, what the director tried to say, because it's, 
as any art, there's a lot of meaning behind the outfit, outfit they are wearing, uh, everything. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of study. There is, there is no way like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a, a board artist and I'm going to work in so-and-so studio and they're going to hire me and they're going to call me without me knocking on the door. Um, I don't think that's true. Maybe if you were in certain schools in certain time when the studios were looking, those people were lucky uh, when the Renaissance came out and they were really hiring like crazy those people were lucky but uh, you have to be good uh, you have to be good and even even if you break in you have to keep improving because any movie is going to wrap up and and if uh, there's another movie you have to apply to that other movie which is with a completely different team that is almost applying to a different studio even if it's the same studio or any show will be canceled at some point. So this type of uh, business is not a steady business. You really need to love it to, to be in it, because um, yeah, it's not a it's not a steady, boring job, I guess. Um, there is a lot of risk, but also for me, the rewards are amazing. For me, watching a film done or or a show out in TV and say, oh, I, I work on that one. Or, oh, that's my sequence. That's my act. Um, that is gold for me. I really love it. I really love what I do. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of, a lot of work. Um, yeah. I love the initiative that you've shown, obviously, from the very beginning of your career. And I've I think I've noticed that trend having, you know, worked in tech and even now in the financial industry, it's the folks that are, are committed to never stop learning and they're constantly trying to stay up with not only trends, but new techniques and new, uh, you know, software languages and what have you that those are the people that tend to rise above and make a difference and change the tone and set the tone. And so I love that point that you're making just about being committed to learning and showing a lot of initiative makes all the difference really no matter what industry you're in that's beautiful i have yeah. a, a, a television specific question of course i want to respect the privacy of uh, your studio but do you often um get storyboard requests before the script is even finished or do you often have a script to work with uh not at fox at fox always uh it's uh, script driven gotcha um yeah. and it's uh i think i think it's the only animation uh project that the writers are from the writers guild instead of the animation guild Interesting. Yeah. uh so yeah you will always have a script uh, before starting um do you find that helpful or uh sometimes does it tend to drive maybe a little more than your creative edge would like um well it's it's easier that's for sure <laughs> that's uh, good <laughs> yeah on on the movies sometimes uh most of the time i will have a script most of the time but um i did a sequence uh about um uh a snowstorm and that was it so, yeah, the director told me, so there is a snowstorm and it's going to be hard for the characters and make it work. <laughs> exactly. So, or sometimes you get stuck and it's like, okay, let's, let's, we need to make this funny. So the assignment is, okay, just come up with gags. 
and then we'll select which ones we like and then we'll create a montage. So uh, you have to be able to to respond to anything that they give to you. Yeah, from a script is easier, it's much easier. Um, but I have to say writing is, is really draining. Uh, when you, a movie, it's, before the movie comes out, it's, there's a lot of stories that, that happen before the story that you are really watching in the cinema. Uh, and it could be, sometimes they were better before, sometimes they were just really bad and they really improved them. And, uh, some, and, and most of the times they were completely different in the beginning and, and they came up with this new version. They make the, like in How to Train Your Dragon, I guess, I think the characters were younger, like, 10 years old and then they were 14 or uh so yeah they 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 changed the tone so um writing when you get into those blocks it's really draining mm. really really draining yes. i realized like oh my god i didn't know writing was this hard and, and, yeah, and it people is. assume it's easy but whoo no, no. It's That's exhausting. why there's so many remakes because the story is there. Or, or <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you know. know. <laughs> Don't get me started on the remakes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that you've maybe dabbled in improv a little bit because that sounds like that would be a great tool to use. Oh, I did. You know? and, Actually, and I did. It's a lot of fun. Totally. And so, and 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 it makes total sense because you can utilize those skills if you're sort of thrown a little bit of an idea and you have to you know, uh, pitch some ideas and work through it. I, I just love that you, you, nothing is off limits. And it sounds like you can find a way to make any new bit of knowledge work and, and make you a better artist and creative. I think that's, that's just, it's great. It's fascinating and wonderful to hear. Yeah. And uh, find the time. I know we have busy lives and traffic here in LA. It, it sucks. And, uh, but yeah. at least give yourself if you can't give yourself at least 15 minutes a day, 20, yeah. to learn learn something new or or practice like drawing something, listen to podcasts, you will always find yeah. some time. Even when you're driving, listening to podcasts, it really helps me and I it's keep true. learning when I drive to work. Sometimes, I think maybe more so in the American culture, it's easy to say, I'm just too busy. But like you've said throughout the conversation, if you want it badly enough, you can find a way. And also, if you are truly too busy for 15 to 20 minutes a day, then maybe it's time to take a step back and look at what you're really yeah. doing. I mean, you can always find a way to fit in your priorities. That's brilliant. Are there any... Uh... Also, you... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what also helped me? Uh, back in Mexico, I mean, you, you're you not union, so I, I spend so many nights working, but so many. Like, really, the studios or the clients is like, oh, okay, but you have all the weekend to work or you have all the night. It's until tomorrow morning. You have eight hours of sleep. Okay, keep going. And I spent many nights uh, working. Uh, thankfully, here in LA, we have the union, so that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, unless it's for my own project, right? Or my own thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't spent uh, nights working anymore. But um, when I spent so many nights, I, I asked myself, okay, I, this is not healthy. I can't keep doing this. So I have to find a way to work faster. So I learned, I bought a book in uh, time management. So like, okay, how can I, how can I be more efficient? So if you, if you don't have the time, 
uh, learn about time management and, and you will find it. Um, and honestly, just by keeping a list, that helps a lot to keep you focused and uh, leave the dishes for later. Like, don't get distracted. Don't check your email every time. Like, you're not a surgeon <laughs> that you're, <laughs> you know. Nobody's going to die. <laughs> exactly. So things can wait. And when you're tired and when you don't have the, the brain to keep being creative, then check your email and then check Facebook. Um but yeah, you, you can find the time. If you don't know how, learn. And, and yeah, also, any skill you need is learnable. If you are shy and do not know how to network, there are books about it. Uh, how to approach a person, um, how to dress, how to present yourself, how to talk, uh, how, even how to learn. That's also very important because we our brains, they all work different. And I figure out that my easier way of learning is through videos. Uh, I'm a visual, I learned through movement, through doing, not that much in books. So find a way that is easy for you. That's a great, great point. Speaking of resources like YouTube channels or books or podcasts, are there any specific ones that you'd like to plug that um, if there's someone who's uh, maybe pursuing art or any, anything creative that you would particularly recommend? I love online classes, nice. uh, especially the ones that uh, that is only the class and I don't need to do an assignment because I have no yes. time for assignments. I really, I recently took a CGMA on storyboarding that almost killed me because I had to do assignments and uh, I have no time for homework right now. Uh, but at least I kept the knowledge. I like the ones that is uh, like take it at your own pace um schoolism is a good one uh cgma is good uh the creature art teacher the art of Aaron lace is very good um new masters new masters academy you can learn anything there and you have carl ganas there um i learn a lot on in on live drawing with him because how he approached things uh he starts from the torso instead of the head and that that completely makes sense to me. Like, yeah, the story comes from the torso. That's when you know if the people is sad or happy or strong. And uh, yeah, my, my life drawing improved a lot just by that, just with that tiny tip. Um, which other one? Oh, also uh, masterclass.com. Um, you can learn acting with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and is really good and it's not only acting he tells you about storytelling and his acting class will help you in your writing and it will help you in your storyboarding or in your animation so yeah they they, they give classes on writing directing acting um yeah it's so there's so much out there nowadays um yeah, it's so accessible. Those are great recommendations. I love them all. Um, and now I'd love to uh, let people know where they can find you and keep up uh, with your creative journey. Where where would you prefer people find you? Instagram, Twitter? Well, I have my webpage that is lila, L-I-L-A, uh, story.com. And uh, yeah, you can always uh, write me an email there or my social media is also linked there. Fantastic. So yeah, we'll that's my, that my... In the show notes. And before we get going here, 
Um, is there, are there any parting thoughts, anything that maybe you feel you didn't get to say that you'd like to share with the audience? Fantastic. Yeah, it's not easy, but it's not impossible. And you really, you really need to love it. I love that. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Leland. <laughs> Thank you, Helen.